everything man we're in everything's calm man everything's calm yesterday was my last day so i'm off for christmas now oh man so you're in that space yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna lie this morning i was like oh it's eight o'clock but i can keep sleeping like <laughs> i get up till 10 it was great made a little breakfast got some avo from the shop man's living life out here man i can't lie living large living like a boss shit man i was just like got in slow cook you know Shout out to all my non-bacon eaters, but like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a part of that sinning clan. Oh, wow. You're on the, um, everything in the pig, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I understand why people don't, but man, I do, innit? So, Serious. Trenton Derby, man. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I got straight into it. That shit was crispy, but bro, that was, oh, oh, that was delicious. So I should be having a nice chill day. I started packing because I'm going away for Christmas, going to, have a cheeky little isolation session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Been very calm, man. How about you? How about yourself? Man, I can't lie. Just like, bro. Yeah. Bro, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably going to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. Because um, for me, January genuinely is a time when I kind of stop being Mr. G. Yeah. I make a point of trying not to do poetry things that much. Um, so I just try and sort of like... um Full refresh. Yeah, I just need a recharge and just like a rethink and sometimes just sort of completely zone out. Like even this week, there's that glaring email that has to take up your attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know that yeah, one yeah. where you think, I can't let this go. I just can't let... Not, not in bad, but it's just, it's a loose end. Lingering. Yeah. And it's a lot to deal with. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it just, uh, you know, like in heat, you know what I mean? <laughs> Robert De Niro's clear and then he just has to deal with that unfinished business and then obviously it then turns into like a proper thinking session, man. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I can't, what, what fucking rust, boy. It's just, um, grinding. That's what I'm saying. I'm finding it, I'm finding, because of this lockdown thing for tier three or whatever it is, or four, what I've noticed about the whole working from home thing is that people have got no filter of time to send you emails. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I literally got an email last night saying, can we have this by tomorrow morning? You know what I mean? They sent the email mad late, you know what I mean? It's actually a violation. Yeah. But it's become the new norm. It has become the new norm because people are just working at all different types of hours. Yeah. There's no... um regimented time to start their day and i'm guilty of it the same way it's not like i'm good to go at nine o'clock every morning you know sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm 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 revving up at about 11 i do tie up loose ends at 10 o'clock whatever but Ooh. the thing about when you're freelance is you have lots of different bosses and you've got to treat them all with the same reverence that you would do just the one boss you know what i mean that's exhausting man i'm not gonna lie like when you have one boss you've got one boss that um can annoy you to the highest degree 
Yeah. When you have lots of different bosses, they never annoy you that much because you're only dealing with them in brief moments with each time, but you have to give them the same reverence of like, okay, for this period of time, you are my boss. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I have to give you that respect. Otherwise, nothing gets done. You know, so that type of shit. Anyway, let's get into this. Let's get into this, right? Let's see if I can, yes, yes. See if I can rev something up, right? Okay, then. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the magic number. This is the magic number. My name is Mr. G. I'm Tux. And once again, we are here once more unto the breach, once more unto the fold, once more in front of the microphone, once more into the podcast. We are here, two young souls just trying to battle through all the numerical details to just pluck out one amazing set of digits which will take us forth out of this terrible dirge and pit that we can call 2020 and open up the door and the light and illumination of 2021 that's why we say it's all about the numbers except when it isn't pidow ping bang 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 bang. exactly bang. all the shots you know what right we're one <laughs> but, but, yeah i was about to say we're one step away from dwe and we're one, <laughs> <laughs> we're one step away from from having gunshots and sirens and klaxons <laughs> Right. That could happen, man. We might have to get a little soundboard and just start fucking reading it off. <laughs> oh, man. I got a random shout out, but I don't know if I should do it. <laughs> I've been thinking about it too long. Is it? I don't know if I should do it. Yeah, man. All right, all right, all right. All right. So there's a TV show on Channel 4 called Inside KFC. Serious? <laughs> yeah. So they go around the country, right? All around the country. Different KFCs, talk to the staff, talk to the owners, talk to the food designers. And I've actually got a friend who's a KFC food designer. She's a food scientist, yeah. So she basically does the research and creates different tastes and flavours for each year's new burgers and that. Uh, shout out to her and her TV premiere last night. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, everybody <laughs> got to do something. Everybody got to big, big up yourself, man. Keeping the nation fed. Exactly. Those hella panics around the gravy distribution this year, man. <laughs> tension, tension on the streets. I tell you. <laughs> oh man, have you ever watched that show, The Chicken Connoisseur? I love that guy. Seriously, he's a donny. Yeah, he's a big man. He's a big man. I, got I time struggle, for him. and he is getting bigger. You know, he is getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, hey, you said if you watch it. the early Chicken Connoisseurs, right? Nah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. My man's rolling, you know. He's rolling deep in many ways. Exactly. He's rolling strong. But nowadays, boy, him and his shadow are moving big. Boy, it's real bad. Because obviously he starts off looking like this young boy, like kind of, it's a bit tubs, but it's nothing major. Now, boy, five years in. Cartman, man. <laughs> yeah. My, man, <laughs> my man's L rolling Cartman, man. Literally. Limp Biscuit, keep rolling. I struggle with the idea of just folks getting joy watching some breader just chew on chicken bones, man. Look, there's a certain space on the YouTube internet, which I kind of enjoy, right? Just basically people from end doing semi-basic shit. So that's one of them. Chicken connoisseur I like. I also like Foot Asylum, yeah. if the shoe fits, which is basically like a bunch of young personalities yeah. moving to chicks. I don't know if yeah. you've seen that. I've seen the one where they, they had to guess who was the black guy. Did you see that one? <laughs> I haven't seen that one, no. Oh, man. They had a bunch of folks, they're all dressed up and you can't see their faces. I think they're all in trackies and masks and everything. And so they asked them to dance and they asked them to put on accents and stuff like that. And then they had to try and guess which one was a black dude. Because it's got that guy, is it Chunks? Chunks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And was it Young Philly? Right. Young Philly, that's the one. That's yeah, the one. Those, those are the two, isn't it? You know? And Chunks' claim to fame was he got shouted out on that Michael Dapper 
um, is it Hold Tight Asni or something like that, right? You got shouted out. Oh, he's Asni. Hold Tight Asni, my brother. He's got a pumpy. He presented the Mobile Wars. You watched that? I didn't watch it. Was it good? I is aight, man. I mean, everything done socially distanced is just sort of aight. You know, that's about it, man. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, if there's any show I'm going to support, it's going to be the Mobos. Even when I was young, that is the award show, like, fun the Brits and all that. It was the Mobos that I would have loved to attended. Same time, who has time for award shows? What, now or just in general? Just in general. I don't really know, you know. I don't really know the weight and the gravitas of these things because, obviously... I know loads of folks that get loads and loads of awards and obviously big up to everyone that gets an award for something, but um, I don't really know. I don't know. I've been to a few award shows in my time and I found them quite boring, to be honest with you. I don't get it. I mean, like, the main thing that sticks up in my mind when I think of award shows is the Mercury Awards. And I remember this black female rapper won it a couple of years back. Um, it's must have been like 10 years ago. Yeah. She was quite like a soulful rapper. And as soon as she won that award... She got dragged. Everyone in the industry was dragging her, being like, she's unprofessional. She wants this, that, what? Like, it was crazy. But mm. so I think even for that moment, I was like, okay, okay. It's a game. It's it a game. is. It's a game. If they give you the award, you better play along. And if you don't, we're taking you down. I mean, look, award ceremonies work like this. You have people that have got together to define a certain scene. Doesn't matter what the scene it is. It could be a music, it could be sculpture, it could be painting, it could be architecture, it could be anything, right? But you have people that get together that just say, okay, we're gonna put a whole bunch of money into this and we are going to define what this scene is. Exactly. And so if you win that award, you win a lot of money and you win a lot of contacts and you win a lot of prestige. But then what happens is, is that the scene is always going to be bigger than one set of people's definition. So the scene is always going to be fighting against the award. So there are going to be people within that scene that are going to say, oh, wow, this award is amazing because it really represents what our scene is about. And then there are going to be people in the same scene that just say, wow, man, these guys are just some little cliquey, crony type of thing that are just handing out awards to their friends or handing out awards to people who agree with them, which is probably what you're going to do anyway. 100. Yeah. So there's always going to be a degree of contention with regards to awards. Because um, I remember having this conversation with lots of people about the whole idea of Oscars, you know, Oscars being so white and stuff like that. And then it's just like, well, what do you expect? What do you expect from that system when you look how it's set up? Exactly. It's, it's not set up. Exactly. <laughs> was that in Scarface, you know, when um, Tony Montana's talking to his brethren about checking his sister, it's not for you, man. It's not for you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? She's beautiful. How come you. Hey! Stay away from her. You hear? She's not for you. Okay. Oh, man, classic um, movie. Anyway, oh, wow, man. I've, you know, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. I forgot to say that this episode of The Magic Number is brought to you by the number 37. You're written in her book. Your number 37, have a look. Bow. Yes, 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 yes. And this is also the Christmas episode. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Um, you know what, right? I'll be blatantly honest with you. Here goes Scrooge. Here we go. Here we go. No, 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 no. We're rewinding on Scrooge. We're rewinding on Scrooge. Bon Christmas, Kwanzaa, energy. No, 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 no. I'm appreciating 
that this Christmas is different. Okay, Whoa. this year has been a it's been, no, it's been a tough motherfucking year, right? And obviously, this year, just generally trying to connect with family, you know what I mean, or loved ones and friends and stuff like that. Over the year, has been nigh long impossible, and so I'm feeling it this Christmas. Oh yeah, I am feeling it. I'm, I'm there's folks that I miss, there's folks that I haven't seen, and I miss them, right? Yeah, and so like um. Usually, man like me don't give two shits about where I'm at for Christmas and what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. Pagans. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm feeling it, man. Feeling it, feeling it, feeling it, feeling it, man. You know? Because I can see me getting quite soppy and quite sentimental. Yeah. I think we should start with, uh, with the song by Cliff Richards. Christmas time, mistletoe and wine, children singing And this will turn white. All right, then, mate. Come on, bro. Millennium song. You see, what's about that? to get cancelled right Exactly, here, man. About what I'm to get saying. Give, <laughs> get us the fuck out of here. Give a brother a rope and he thinks he's a cowboy, man. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Oh, shit. Nah, Dred. Nah. Oh, uh, hey, hey, hey. Jesus Christ. What kind of dud tunes are you going to play, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, man. Bro, I got Christmas baggers, bro. I don't know about you, but like, it goes off when it's Christmas time in my household. It goes off musically. Yeah. Okay, then, right. Um, Beans. I've actually compiled certain Christmas songs that I'm going to play. Okay. Okay, so let me let me throw you this one. Uh, come on. Hollis. Christmas in Hollis, isn't it? No, no, no. It's not, man. <laughs> it's not. It's all not. Right, all right. It's not. Um, d- 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 come on, where are we? Okay, then, right. So, this is all I want for Christmas. Never thought we'd be playing this, not gonna lie. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath. No, 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 it's cute. It's cute. And, and uh, I like that. I, I like the energy you're bringing. Sometimes, especially this Christmas, it ain't about the hype, innit? It? It's about the calmness, about the coolness. It's about really deeping 
But he'd been through in a year. Damn, man. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what, Father Christmas come down your chimney? <laughs> Shit. So we're going to have to play Only at Christmas Time by Sufjan Stephens. Only to bring you You don't hate it. You don't I hate don't it. hate it. No, no, no. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, I mean, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It, it lowers the tone. It lowers the tone. It's not, it's not the same hypeness, you know, as the first. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. What are you playing next? Twice the night before Christmas and all through the Hold house. it now. Wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it. you give me all that jive about things you wrote before I was alive cause this ain't 1823 ain't even 1970 now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow and Christmas is one thing I know so every year just about this time I celebrate it with a rhyme yeah big 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 also Curtis Blow again shout out my guy recovering from a heart transfusion Jesus Christ What's going on, man? Bro, 2020 is no joke, man. I ain't gonna lie. 2020 is no joke. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, yeah. I ain't... You know the problem that I've got? This oh, wait, is... wait, 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 wait. I've got tracks to play, bro. All right, then. Okay, throw your tracks in. <laughs> i got tracks to Throw your dumb little tracks in. <laughs> cut me out. <laughs> Shit. I'm about to go harder. I was like, all right, Curtis Blow, I appreciate it. Like, obviously, it's a legend. But I have to go hard now. Okay. We'll take it to the streets now. Right. Oof. <laughs> DMX. Oh god, yeah, I know. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it to you. Oh, this is actually so funny, man. Bro, this is bro. this is actually I think it's one of his best tracks. You know Dash for a dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donder and Blitzen. But do you recall what's that? The most famous reindeer of all. Come on! Put off the red nose reindeer. Had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it close. Come on, come on! All of the other reindeers used to have to call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came. Your nose so bright Won't you guide my slate tonight 
<laughs> that, that, I can't lie, you know. My brother sent that to me. I think he sent it to me almost every year. And it always catches me unaware every time, you know. Like, I just, I click on it and I just think, it can't still be funny. And it is. It's great. <laughs> it's great. He's an all-timer. All right, then. Let's see. Where are we? Where are we, man? Right. Um. Right. Bring it. Bring it. Oh, a second. The sounds of Lee Scratch Perry. That is a bar. In it. That is a, I'm not gonna lie. I, I came when I was like, I I can't compete with her. In it. <laughs> but the next one's got to be meaty. Still, like, that that was a hard, hard, hard. Just the bot that entry. I was like, shit. That's what shit. I'm saying. Like, I swear to God, right? I keep saying this to folks. If you ever want to go down a really interesting musical journey, just check out Lee Scratch Perry. Big. The amazing stuff is amazing. The weird stuff is super weird. The crap stuff is super crap. It's just, sonically, the guy's just, he's bigger than reggae. Big. Bigger than reggae, man. I got one track, but might have to close it there because that one bedded it all, let's be honest. All right. Modern classic in it. Eight Days of Christmas, Destiny's Child. Child. Day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a pair of Chloe shades and a diamond belly ring. On the seventh day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a nice back rub, then it massaged my feet. On the sixth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a crop jacket with dirty denim jeans. On the fifth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me the one that he wrote for me. Feeling so in love, 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 love. If he only knew what he does to me, my man, my man, my baby. Have you seen the video for that? Uh, about 20 years ago. Yeah, they're, they're fine, man. Whoa. What? <laughs> I ain't gonna oh, lie. I ain't gonna lie. Whoa. I was like, bro, bro. It's a bag of them. It's a bag of wavy ones. <laughs> bag, bag of them. You win on the visuals. I'll give you that. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I'm, I remember when I was like 11, me and my boys were like, oh, he's better, Beyonce or Kelly. Everyone wins. Yeah. Nobody loses this one. In that video, everyone's a winner, man. <laughs> exactly. Everyone is a winner, man. You know what I mean? Pow, 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 pow.
Yeah. Here's the thing that I was going to say to you, right? I mean, obviously trying to keep this sort of like upbeat and stuff like that, man. But, Bo, obviously this year has been one of them ones where, man, everyone's been taken aback. And I think we're going to have to have a moment of silence, right? Mm. For, you know, for the folks that have passed and the folks that are suffering, man. Because, Bo, like, it's been, it's been a, yeah, it's been a tough one, man. Can we please have a moment of silence? You know what? I almost feel like 2020 is almost, you deserve a medal just for getting through because it's been a mazine no matter how you skin it. It's been crazy. Yeah, that's true. It's been crazy. So like, yeah, and what whatever means you've used to get through the year, mm. you know, whatever, you know, craziness and nuttiness, because well, I, I said, there's been a reason why I've been playing the mellow tunes. Mm. There's been a reason why I've been playing them is because I kind of recognised that like, I need to keep a check on myself. Mm. In fact, you know what? What I'm going to do, here's a perfect link. I'm going to throw in a 37. I got $37 gonna spend at the liquor store. Okay. 37 degrees Celsius is the normal functioning human body temperature. So when they're checking for your temperature, the optimum temperature for you to function as a human being is 37 degrees Celsius. Yep. And so if you're too high, you've got a fever. If it's too low, you've got a chill. And so I've been doing a little bit of work in certain theaters. And, you know, obviously you've got to go in there with a the face mask. You've got to sanitize your hands. And they come up with that temperature check where they put the gun to your head and they check to see what your temperature is, right? So obviously temperature is an important thing in the functioning of a human being. Mm -hmm. So the question I want to ask for you is considering that this has been a crazy year, a mad year, right? What have you done to keep yourself cool, calm, and collected as the run of 2020 has taken its toll? I think the first thing that I jumped into was the running. And actually run into a lot of the tracks recommended on this podcast. I think the main one, which was always giving me peace, was Jubilees. It will all be over. And I'm running and I'm coming towards the end and I'm feeling this almost serene calmness. That has helped me to almost distract from a lot of the realities out there. Getting really consumed by, like, culture, sometimes to my detriment, especially being a bit too much in the culture during the height of VLM in the summer was difficult. Yeah. It was difficult. But also using that as a means to escape from my own rooms. Like, you know those old stories they tell you as a kid, like, Oh, you don't have to be rich to travel. If you have a book, you can travel anywhere. Well, there's truth in that. And culture and, and different mediums, such as TVs and books, has allowed me to escape what has been a really, really trying year. Um, having conversations with yourself, mm. but also like different friends and family to basically just to try and see how they are and having that bit of communication helped guide me through. And also just having a distraction of work. That has helped because I know if I had too much time to just sit there and think, it'd have been much more difficult. Yeah. But like everyone else, it has not, even for all of these like, quote unquote, fail safes, it has not been easy. Not been easy at all. When people ask me, I always say there's been good days and bad days. And um, I kind of did the thing where 
because I started panicking about work, I did start saying yes to everything, yeah. right? I was just, you know, just, just chasing everything, 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 right? So I'm chasing a job that is paying nearly next to nothing with a job that's paying nearly next to everything, like with the same tenacity. Yeah, 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 but then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm happy that I'm keeping myself busy, keep myself busy, keep myself busy, keep myself busy. But then there was a point where I started to get a little bit of burnout. Yep. It was constant. Yep. Fuckity fuck fuck. Those times when you get up at six and finish at 11, still fucking at the same laptop, just working, 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 working. Yeah. Boy. And so even though you were distracted- I thought I was losing it at that point. Fuck yeah, it. seriously. Even though you, you were distracting yourself- I thought from, I was gone. You were distracting yourself from the fear of COVID and the drama on the news and the death toll and whatever, your inbox was just starting to hate you. You know what I mean? Right? 100%. It's like, I'm eating, but like not like this though. <laughs> like I need life too. But what made it worse is that you had no- safety valve that you can go and release mm. like often you go and see your friends wherever you see them bar pub their gaff whatever you have a couple jokes have a couple drinks and it's all calm and even though life is crazy and stressy that human interaction allows you to like, really let off that shit ain't the same on a zoom call yeah it ain't the same it's true what happened to me recently was that I've been going back into Rich Mix Arts Centre to work, and that's my yeah, local yeah. arts centre, right? And so I was there, and there's an MC called Governor B, and he was shooting like a video shoot. You know, we're all on the video shoot, you know, we're all um, face masked up, and, you know, it's all social distancing, and I'm watching him shoot his video. And it was just so good to hear music blasted loud. Like, I started getting emotional. Live and direct. Yeah, seriously, man. I started getting emotional, because it's like, I miss socialising and I miss, I miss doing what I'm meant to do, which is, I even did a little performance as well, because what it was, like, he was shooting his video, and then I was there, like, doing little interviews and stuff like that with different artists, and then the guy said, oh, do you fancy doing a poem to camera? And I was thinking to myself, shit, I haven't done a poem as a performance in months i was like shaking like nervous and then when i got into it this swell of confidence came back over me and afterwards i was really Flow. i was really quite flushed where i was just thinking oh my god this is the shit i'm meant to be doing and i haven't been doing it and even though i've been keeping myself busy i've been mm. you know i've been in the mix but the thing that i'm meant to be doing the thing that i feel i was put on this earth to do I haven't been doing, which is like live interaction, going to live venues, seeing live performances, doing live workshops, all that type of stuff. It's been, yeah, it's been tough. Mama worked 37 years in the plant. Okay, let's try and do some 37s, man. Okay. Let's try and do some 37s. Okay, right, here we go. Okay, 37 is the atomic number of rubidium. Rubidium is a very soft, silvery white metal. Its compounds are sometimes used in fireworks to give them a purple color. Now, purple, as was exemplified by Prince, was seen as a regal color because it was originally hard to replicate. Now, during lockdown, I don't know if you recall, I said that I had a purple suit that I was itching to bust, right? Yep, I remember. In the end, I had no event to take it to, so I ended up busting my purple suit to the co-op. Oh my god. <laughs> That's how sad things were. Twenty twenty. Trust me, I genuinely thought that like, oh yeah, you know, the festival's gonna be back on in summertime and I'll bust my suit to that, but no no no. I ended up just ripping the dry cleaning plastic and just busting it up the road just to go and get some milk and that. Um yeah, exactly. Yeah, just to go and get some milk. So the question I have for you is that 
let's say that Corona is done, Corona is finished, Corona is, mm. is reduced to the annals of history, right? Mm. Is there any outfit either in your wardrobe or in the shop right now that you're saying, you know what, when this shit's done, I'm busting that and I don't care. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. It's two, actually. It's two. I've got two Wernicks next year. One of them's going to be a linen suit. One of them's going to be a traditional wool suit. Both of them cut and taken into my size. And I'm going to kill that shit once I can. See, what colour are we talking about, my G? Boy. We're talking light blue of the linen shit and the brown slacks. Wow. Murder. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a long time if I can wear that shit. But it's going to be cold. I've been thinking about, like... I've been thinking about the end of COVID mm. and I've been just thinking, what, how are people going to, um, to mentally rationalise what they've been through once it's over in terms of like... Parties. That's what I'm thinking. I'm telling you, I'm thinking... And depression. Yeah, I think so. Because obviously there's folks who are in survival mode and when once you cut the survival mode, you can very easily sink mm. into depression. And then there are folks that are like, as you said, everyone's put their year on hold in terms of everything that they wanted to do. I can mm. just see folks just traveling everywhere. I can see people just buying the maddest shit and doing the maddest shit. People already doing them. But, I mean, I wasn't one of them, but I know a lot of people who just like lockdown, spending, 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 which I think for them is like a distraction mechanism, really. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's what would give me anxiety. <laughs> like, <laughs> spending mad money when you don't know when you're going to get your next job. Yeah, great idea. But... yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those people that got really worried. I went into proper ration mode, man. Oh, for sure. For sure. I was like, we are going value on everything. <laughs> that was the vibe, man. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, do love, I do love that vibe, you know. <laughs> Is there any way to move? And also, like, who even knows the difference, really? Yeah. Really? And, Come on. I mean, and also, what we figured out is, you know, when they mark down the prices? Mm. And so you start to figure out when they do it at different shops at different days, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to know the dude at my local co-op, you know what I'm saying? That kind of like... Got the inside scoop. Hey, trust me. Tell you the drop. Trust me, you know what I'm saying, right? It's amazing what a little conversation could do sometimes. Because, you know, like, mm. folks don't be chatting to nobody. They just go in there and just treat folks working in there like they ain't human beings. And yeah, man, you know... We got my man Asif, man. You know what I mean? He sorted me out. <laughs> <laughs> he sorted me out with some ready meals, man. Alright, I got a face over for you, right? Alright then. The richest man in the world worth 40 billion. Yes, 40 billion more than me. The second man's worth 37 billion. Yeah, go and see. So plus 37 is the international dialing code for the German Democratic Republic, aka East Germany today. The prefix plus 37 is shared by Lithuania. 370, Latvia, 371, Estonia, 372, Moldova, 373, Armenia, 374, Belarus, 375, Andorra, 376, and Monaco, 377, San Marino, and the Vatican City, 378 and 379. Now, Mr. G, I know that you have travelled extensively across Europe. Yeah. Now, do you have any tales or stories you can tell me about one of those countries? Can yeah. I run through them again? No, I can tell you right now. Boom. I went to Monaco. I think I was in Monaco. It was either last, last year or the year before. Oh, shit. Yeah, wow. Stayed at a hotel, saw Wesley Snipes in our hotel. And it was, yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. And this was before that Dolomite film had come out. He must have just finished shooting it. So it's one of those things where, like, you've seen Wesley Snipes, you're thinking, man, I haven't seen him in a movie in ages, right? And then him and Eddie Murphy and the Dolomite movie had come out just a little while after that. Um, 
Monaco's mad. Yeah, Monaco imagine. is straight up and down mad because you, you're just seeing the most expensive shit and people wearing it. I, I call it like Alien City. Yeah. You're looking at folks and you're just thinking, wow. Didn't you ball out for a bit? Didn't you have like a little like stunt with the missus moment? Um, not really. I'm not really a ball out type of person. It's hard to stunt in Monaco, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's big fact. That's, that's big you know what I'm saying? It is hard to stunt. There, there are participants and there are observers, yeah. and we were strictly in the observing section. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, well, wait. Let me just get a drink. All right. Yeah. So, like, went to a casino and stuff like that. Um, but then also went to a place called I think it's called Eze. E Z E. It's like a tiny little village, cool. and it's got a place that's called Nietzsche's Path. Is it the German philosopher Nietzsche? Yes, who, yes, um, yes. Who wrote Thus Spake Zarathustra or something like that? Yeah, well known for questioning the existence of God. Yeah, so so Nietzsche, the German philosopher, that questioned, "Is there God?" and he talked about the Superman, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Some some of his some of his theories are like bordering on elitist. You know what I mean? Put it to put it mildly. Yeah. But anyway, he's got this thing called Nietzsche's Path, and when you get out of the train station at Eze and you walk up to this sort of like castle at the top of the hill, it's this very twisty and windy path. And um, I walked up that path and it's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wow. It's, a very, it's very different to what is known as Monaco, which is like the strip and the casinos and baller exactly the balling and you know the lamborghinis and the the ferraris and you know all that type of shit right it's very very different from that but um and have you ever seen 50 cents video window shopper yeah yeah that is shot in monaco oh really uh, yeah it is like that if you know you know kind of vibe right because i didn't know that yeah yeah when you see it you know maybe use a window shopper at me i think i know why you know, you go into the casinos and you're not allowed to take any pictures inside the casinos because obviously you've got ballers in there and, you know, you are seeing these really, really old dudes that are just betting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of euros and they've just got these very young, beautiful women by them just giggling and champagne flowing. It is that kind of vibe. I just can't even imagine. I just can't even imagine that existence. Like playing with money like that is crazy to me. The thing is, is that I mean, I have to admit that I kind of liked it, right? Yeah. Because I would go back there again. Because as I said, I would go back there again just to look at folk. Just to look at folk, man. It's strange folk out there. We met her in the summer of '37. I've got another 37. All right, then, man, what you got? It's a random one, it's a random one, but I feel like you might vibe with it. Okay, so 37 is the number of seconds on the church bell and thunderstorm recording before the opening Triton riff in the song Black Sabbath yeah. on the album Black Sabbath by the band Black Sabbath, which is considered to be the mark of the birth of heavy metal music. Now, this isn't traditionally our genre, but... Do you have an artist which really stands out for you in this space and why? Oh, man, I love Black Sabbath, man. That album, I remember that album. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was sampled by Ice-T. had a tune called Shut Up and Be Happy. And he sampled that thing. It's a... Uh, Shut up. Do not attempt to think or depression may occur. Stay in your home. Curfew is at 7 p.m. sharp 
after work. Anyone caught outside the gates of their subdivision sectors after curfew will be shot. Remain calm. Oh man, because the thing is, is that heavy metal and hip hop, there's a synergy between them. It's this sort of like... Except one died a death. Yeah, that's true. Because what it was, was that you got your Black Sabbaths, you got your um, Led Zeppelins, your Deep Purples. The early heavy metal groups, they had like a, like a rock and a blues influence. But then they just stripped it down and just took it harder. In fact, there's a... Um, man, you know what? There's a tune I'm going to play. On that album by Black Sabbath, there's a tune called The Wizard. Mm-hmm. And The Wizard is just a fucking amazing tune. And the guitarist in Black Sabbath, his name is Tony Iommi. And I think... A lot of those guys, they're from the Midlands and they worked in these like yeah, sort of like, like heavy steel construction factories. And I think he had an accident on his hand, which meant that he couldn't play the guitar properly. So he used to play these heavy power chords. That's what made the sound of heavy metal a lot harder. Wow. Do you remember, I think a little while ago, I played to you, um, what was that guy's name? Screaming Jay Hawkins, where, yeah, yeah you remember like, you know, in terms of like- How can I forget? <laughs> but in terms of like say dressing up in this horror voodoo phantom of the opera type stuff heavy metal went along that kind of path mm. um but there were groups like um i went to go and see anthrax play and metallica i met the um i met the drummer of metallica where when was it a couple of years ago on the set of the film get him to the greek um so random trust me he was one of the cameo stars and not many people recognized him. And when I recognized him, I started chatting to him because I saw him with his band on tour and they had their album called uh, Master of Puppets. And that seen as being the beginning of thrash metal, which is like a speeded up version of heavy metal. Wow. Yeah. I'll play this tune, Black Sabbath. Put it on. Black Sabbath, The Wizard is fucking amazing. Now check the drums on this.
didn't realize it was so jazzy. I'm not gonna lie. Man, I didn't expect it to be so so bluesy. Actually, so bluesy. The, the thing, the thing I love about and soulful. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like the thing that's amazing. Like Ozzy Osbourne now. When you look at him now, you just think, okay, you know, the dude is like a bit nuts, a bit crazy, and whatever. Yeah. But Ozzy Osbourne's amazing. His vocals, his his soul. Like I said, there's a lot of soul in it. Yeah. Obviously, once you start moving to like say the mega deaths and the um. Mega Deaths, the ACDC, yeah, AC, but you see, even ACDC. Because they're using distorted guitars, but they're playing it in a real bluesy and soulful way. Yeah, you definitely hear it. Just like, it's almost the lead part of the track. Yeah, and those drums, and the way the guitars come in, it's like a DJ cutting it in. It's like, it's fucking amazing. I can't lie. I used to love it. I used to really, really, really love it. Like, there's groups like Slayer. There's groups like um, Motorhead. There's groups like... Would have never guessed this, Trust me. It's because it's the energy. The, yeah. the energy of the music is like it's like going nuts. There's no room for delicateness. It is just like, okay, this music is just about going nuts. Boy. That was a journey down like a, a route. I didn't think we were going to go with it, to be honest. Yeah, oh man. Like I said, I've been to quite a few of their metal nights. I actually did a performance at the Camden, what was it? Is it Underworld? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Camden. As soon as you leave the station, it's right there. Yeah, Camden Underworld. They used to have a thing called Metal Fest. And I did a performance there, me as a poet, in the middle of all these metal bands. How did that go? Man. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like, boy. That sounds I'm, I'm gonna petty. send. I'm gonna send you the link because oh, it's. <laughs> I feel awkward already. No, what you know? What happened? Right? It's like I'm doing my poem, and then there was this woman that was just yelling and screaming at me, just yelling and screaming, yelling and screaming. But the problem is, is that because I've got the mic, you can only hear my voice. So she's yelling and screaming, and she's threatening to throw beer at me. And so, what is she screaming? Do you know? Oh, she was just, oh, just, just, you know, fuck off, fuck off, the wanker, wanker. Is that in the place for that poetry shit? Trust me. And the thing is, is that like, I'm there, I'm doing my poem, and she's throwing beer at me. Bro, a poem at Heavy Metal Night is hilarious. That is funny. And then what happened was, was that like, I had this big bottle of water, and she's in this crowd, and I'm reciting my poem. I just took the water, and I just poured it all over her head, man, and just carried on doing the poem. <laughs> I guess you never went back. I wouldn't have gone back. I enjoyed it. I can't lie. Because the thing is that once I once I did that, they realized, okay, this guy ain't leaving. This guy's... You don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck, right? Because the problem is, is that I look straight-laced, but there's a part of me that is proper mad. You know what I mean? So I was like... <laughs> if you want to go, we can go. Exactly, yeah. What are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? You're going to drag me off here screaming, right? <laughs> So, but it was yeah, it was it was fun. I can't lie, it was a lot, a lot of fun, man. And I got down with the crew, like the headbanging crew. Yeah, it was big fun, man. I'm out to Nepal because they're artists, but like just these dead out people who just like the music but don't have any actual cop talent themselves, just being hella ignorant. And also, I'm thinking to myself, if you're the programmer for Underworld, I don't see how you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What we need is poetry as a part of this, like screaming. Yeah, but have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen Lethal Bizzle? performing at the Reading Festival. 
Yeah, but where they're just throwing bottles at him, and then they interview him afterwards, and he just goes, "Man, it was fun." I understand when you're there and you're securing your art form. He said, "Look, I'm bringing this art form to your event. How the crowd react—that's their problem because I know I've worked hard on this piece, you know. So he's doing power, whatever it is, and I'm there doing my little poem, and I know I've worked hard on it, and I know it's good for me, so I can crunch through this, and it actually doesn't matter what the reception is." And one thing you learn about performing is that you never hear the people that are paying attention to you. You only ever hear the detractors. So mm. at the end of my performance, there was like a huge cheer because the people that were listening to what I was saying, they were being quiet. It's only like a, a few folks that were just sort of like disrupting it, thinking, oh, this guy shouldn't be a metal knight. Vocal minority. But that's what performers are meant to be for, man. You're meant to, you're meant to throw yourself into these situations and just see if you can swim. Shit. Man like Mr. G. And Lethal B. Who are you bringing him on this episode? Yeah. Hey, I'm pretty sure he has a Christmas track. I'm pretty sure Lethal B has a Christmas tune. Yeah, probably so, man. Probably so. We find that. Probably so, man. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, turkey. Yeah. Jollof rice stuffing with a super mode early. Man, are walking around with a mistletoe. If I see a chung ting, I pull it out of lips. Yeah. Okay, there's a few little things I want to chat about, right? This is what has been quite a beautiful thing that happened this year. I do like a lot of mentoring, especially for guys that just got out of jail, right? Yeah. And so there's folks that, you know, they check in with me. You know, we just talk about a few things, ask them how things are going in their life and crack a few jokes. And we just try and come up with solutions to the eternal problems of the universe. Yeah. And um, there's a beautiful thing that occurs. It's where the student becomes the teacher yeah. because it's not every day you're going to be on your A game. It's not every day you're going to be feeling 100%. It's not every day you're going to be able to play the elder role and some young dude is trying to ask you for advice. Sometimes you ain't got nothing in the tank yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. So there's this dude and like um, I taught him about maybe a year and a bit ago and he's been out of jail for about maybe three years. And it's quite funny because we were doing this charity event at this really, really posh um, like guild hall type places. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was me with another bunch of guys and, you know, they're all just out of jail and they're just trying to get their lives together. And we were meant to be doing like a poetry performance. And this place was proper, proper snobby. You know, everyone there is suited and tied and stuff like that. There were MPs that were there. Rory Stewart was there. There were... Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, helping the poor. Exactly. It's one of those type of events, right? And so at this building, they have their designated town crier right he's a guy that knocks on the door and just goes banter laws ladies and gentlemen i'm now going to present to you that's his job right what a job what a job so i'm there with these dudes you know i mean guys off road and i'm there getting them ready to do this poetry performance so we were on these stairs you know we're in a huddle and i'm just getting them to practice their poems okay right you go first then you go then you go and i'm just trying to make them feel comfortable because it is a very sort of hostile environment to guys like them, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, aliens, alien. Trust me. So this dude, he comes marching down the stairs and he starts yelling at them. You know, what are you guys doing here? What are you guys doing there? Are you meant to be here? Blah 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 blah. blah. Right? And you know, their reaction—they haven't got. They're coming at you. Exactly. Because in those situations, 
that reaction and no action is dangerous. So there's going to be a reaction that is going to exactly. be exactly. And so you can see you can see the veins in their neck and in the side of their head and the, mm. the, the fist clenching and everything, right? And so I had to just pull the guy aside and I just said, look, we're part of the program. We're part of the entertainment program. Look on your list. And he pulls out his list. And I just said, that's us there, poetry performance. That's us there. Now, you just go and do your job because your job is to introduce us. So the only time you should be talking to us is when you're introducing us. But I had to say this in a really, really calm voice because I didn't want them to see how angry I was at this guy. You know what I mean? Naturally. Because if they see me get angry, I'm meant to be their mentor. It's popping off. Exactly. Popping you know what I'm saying? If you're annoyed, they're like, all right, if, if he says it's a go, it's a fucking go. You know what I'm saying? So then I went back down and said, oh, no, don't worry, man. The guy's just being a dickhead. He's just being a dickhead. So the reason why I'm telling this story is that this is the light that they see me in. They see me in the light of someone that's like in control. and Cool, G. Exactly. And quite calm. So I was talking to this one guy, right? He ain't seen me in about maybe two years. And he was there at that event. And so he decided to check in with me and he just goes, oh man, you know, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And I was on a low one. I can't lie. I was on a yeah, like, yeah. you know, the world is fucked. You know what I mean? This virus is fucking up my whole life and blah, blah, blah. And oh, so this was recent then? This is recent. Yeah. No, no work coming in and da, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, blah. Yeah, yeah. and I was in a proper, proper low. And this is where, as I said, the student becomes the teacher. You know what I mean? So he's built his life back up. You know, he's got a little job at the gym. He's starting up his own little business. He's reconnected with his family. Love it. There's loads of positive things occurring. You know what I'm saying? Right. Love it. And then he just goes to me, he goes, man, don't, don't feel so bad, man. Don't feel so bad. Come on, man. He goes, you're Mr. G, man. You can get over this. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying, right? My man's like, my man's giving me the help up, man. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. And you're like, nigga, no. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> and you know when you, you know when you clothe yourself in negativity yeah. and you clothe yourself in depression yeah. and you're happy in that place, you're happy yeah, 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 wallowing yeah, yeah. in it. You know what I mean? And yeah, this, yeah. this it becomes your armor, man. It comes your fucking armory. It's like, this is how I'm going to navigate and push through this shit. Exactly. And this little dude is literally giving me slaps across the face, right? Gentle ones, yeah. but slaps across the face saying, come on, man. I know you can do this. You can do this, man. And then he mentioned that time when I faced that guy because they saw this guy as being this huge sort of like giant haystacks dude coming at them. Ooh. And I defended them from this dragon, right? And I was just thinking, rah, you know what, man? This is the beautiful thing about life is that sometimes you you help some folks and then you never know when they can just turn around and give you those encouraging words, you know what I mean? Yeah. That can just break you out of that funk, you know? No, that and that was a that was a beautiful thing that happened this year. Shout out to that guy, man. Yeah, man, yeah. Big shout, man. Big out shout. Mr. K that's in the house. Hey, man. you know? Talk it, talk it. Yeah, talking the talk. Talking the hardest. Trust me. Um, actually, yeah. <laughs> hey. well, I'm worried now. I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm actually like, oh, shit. Yeah. All right then, right. Okay, okay. I've been looking over a few of the past episodes. Talk about going over a few things this year, right? You know what I mean? Oh, shit. And I've got, I've got a few phrases I want to say to you. Oh, God. Okay. One is fresh. Another one is Babylon. <laughs> and... <laughs> Another one is 40-year-old version. Oh, my God. And another one is the day shall come. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's what I'm going to say, bro. I'm not saying nothing else, you know, bro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying those four film titles. That's all I'm saying. I ain't saying nothing else. They were fucking heavy, heavy. Babylon was crazy, firstly. Yeah. Babylon was crazy. Like, when I was watching it, I was just like, oh, my God. How have I missed out on this? 
Shout out to Netflix and Amazon Prime. I'm That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and you had to wait. You had to wait for Babylon to give you Babylon, man. Bro, that was. I was watching it like this is a masterpiece. Mm. This is actually a masterpiece, and it's a crime that I hadn't heard of it before. They should come was good. They should come was good for sure. Mm. Four year old version was wavy. Bro, you brought the films this year, innit? You brought the films. You mean this year? You're chatting like I. I'm always bringing the films. Uh, I'm always, uh, always bringing uh, the films, man. There's been some MIDI in there. There's been some MIDI. All right, I'm not gonna reference Coonskin, but oh no, I did it. It's out there. Like there's been some stuff, but like yeah, they were big movies. They were big movies. So shout out, Mr. G. And his movie selection. Yes. Sometimes they come through. Huss, 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 huss. Oh. Like a little caveat there. Yeah, that's my... <laughs> <laughs> in, the, look, in the same way you got me to appreciate the wonderful lyricism of Drake for one tune. Frizzy. Yeah, I figured that this thing of me and my film selections, as I said, I'm waiting on the day when you come back and you tell me that you've seen the five heartbeats, I'm waiting on that day. Yeah. I'm just, I'm ready. I'm just there ready. They'll be on a legal platform soon, man, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The way we're shouting it out, man. Trust me, man. Gotta be there. Gotta yeah. be there. Gotta be the there. The algorithms man. are listening, man. Yeah, for real, man. For real. Yeah, I think um, in terms of a tune, um, I'm going to play, because I say I'm breaking out of mellow. I'm breaking out of mellow. Oh shit. Mellow was served its... He's bringing the streets. Nah, Mellow was served its purpose for what it had to do in terms of trying to, to look forward and, and move forward. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. I've got to get out of it, man, right? So I've been listening a lot to the Black Keys. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Branching out, branching out. Yeah, no, I love them, man. I mean, when they came out, and I just thought they were the most amazing thing. You know how we were talking about Black Sabbath and Ooh. it's just that sort of like, it's that rock blues vibes i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't think i'd like black Sabbath, but that tune was hard that tune was hard hey mate i can play you quite a few more man it just hits right mm. and so the tune that i love from the black keys this tune tighten up man like wow it got me it really 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 got me and again it's got that same vibe where the drums raw these are like these are boom bap drums
I love this. It's the drums, man. The drums just, man, when you hear them drums, like when I was the DJ, I'd throw that tune in there just to completely shake up the crowd. And those drums just, boom. yeah, that's the shit right there, man. I've been right here for 37 hours. I've been right here for 37 hours. Right, right, right. I got a 37, I got a 37, I got a 37. Cool. All right. Okay, so this 37 is actually 37 years ago, which is 1983. And that day, on August the 16th, the bill first airs on our TV screens. Now, the bill is for a lot of people in the acting game in the UK, the first role they get as an extra to really allow themselves to be on scene, on screen, and to get established. Yeah. Now, for yourself, Mr. G, what was your first public-facing role? Cue job drop. Where was it? Set the scene. What, in terms of, like, performing poetry? Performing poetry. Um, what, live or in terms of media? It doesn't have to be live. It's just got to be visible. Radio, TV. It's got to be like in front of like media. Whoa, I can't think, you know. So long ago. Um, I think that my my big break occurred where um, I used to be involved in lots of different poetry nights. Mm -hmm. So I had my own night in Brixton. There was a guy I knew that had a night in Stoke Newington. There was another guy I knew that had another night in Brixton. And so what happened was, was that like, our nights were either monthly or fortnightly. And there was just this one weekend where I was either performing or DJing at all of these nights. And so these were like major poetry nights at the time. So let's say I'm performing on Thursday, I'm DJing on Friday, I'm performing on Saturday, I'm DJing on Sunday, and I was doing the introduction to this comedy night on a Monday. And it just so happened that a guy from Radio 4 was figuring out, oh, let me check out what's happening in the UK spoken word scene. And someone had given him a list of these nights to go and visit. Wow. And so he saw me on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And he just thought, this guy is an important person to know. But it was just the way the nights configured, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was doing a, a community, I was doing a community radio station. It was called SW2 in Brixton. And it broadcast out of the Loughborough Estates. So at that time, anyone that came down to my night, I would take them onto my radio show and I would interview them. And so when this Radio 4 guy came up to me and he just goes, oh, I want you to be on my Radio 4 show. Do you have any experience of radio? I just took all of these interviews that I had. And that night, I remember I just like put the best ones onto a CD. And then I got on the bus and I went to his office up in Soho and I handed him the CD saying, look, this is my experience of radio. And then he made me the host of that show, which was called Bespoken Word. And that's what got me onto being in the BBC. And that's what got me onto doing loads and loads of different shows. And this was even before I was doing Russell Brand's show. That was like my big break, as it were, man. That's cool, man. I feel like everyone's got their, like, the Bill moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to tell you something about... For sure. Uh, should I tell this... Ah, fucking man! What kind it's of Christmas, man. It's Christmas, Shit. right? And if it's that crazy, we can edit it. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that it's it's real, but it's sad, right? So, so it's real sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so basically, the 
The guy that set up this radio station in Loughborough Estates in Brixton, you know, one of them dudes like, I guess he's a bit like me now. He was a real proper community guy. And so he'd like applied for funding and he'd set up this tiny radio station right in the middle of the hood. You know what I mean? Mm. And so he was trying to get people to come and do different shows. And so I was there doing a poetry show and someone else would be there doing like a gospel show and someone else would be doing, you know Mm. what I mean? Like an MC show and stuff like that, right? And so the brother's heart was in the right place. You know what I'm saying? His heart was in the right place. But obviously, and this is maybe 2001, 2002. So you've got folks that are going on there with their little dubs that are cussing other people in the estate. There we go. I see where this goes. Oh, Exactly, you know what I'm saying, right? And so I don't think he's really listening to what they're saying because obviously they're dropping in. Also, he's got time for that. he was a big guy in his 40s then, right? And they're dropping in so much slang and whatever. And he's just thinking, oh, it looks good to give these young guys a little chance on the mic and whatever. And they're there and they're just cussing up different regions, cussing up different postcodes, cussing up whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then some next crew will come on and they'll do the same thing. And so, oh, man, Bo, the place got burnt down, man. You know? <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. And I, re- I remember the day it happened because I just finished my show. My show finished at 11 o'clock. And as I was packing up to leave, as I was walking away, I saw a bunch of young guys coming my way. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And you know, you just get that feeling. You know, you think, the energy. Rah, your energy ain't too good. And then, you know what's so like, crazy? Yeah. Like looking back, because like, I remember being that age where that kind of behavior was in some frames logical. But I'm thinking back to like them being like, why the fuck did we do that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like, why the fuck? Some guy was saying some craziness on radio and I thought I should burn it down. And I'm not going to lie. Maybe one in 10 of them will be like, yeah, yeah, and I'll, st- I'll do it today. <laughs> like, yeah. But most of them will be like, why? And also when you meet someone that is trying to do something in the community, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And they're trying their bestest. And they're trying to deal with all of that male energy and all of that testosterone. Mm. And they're trying to say, look, let's try and find, let's try and find a peaceful way for us to just vent these frustrations. Because the reason why you're frustrated is bigger than your little beef. The reason Mm. why you're frustrated is socioeconomic. And I understand that. But it's just when you when you take that to a base level, then it's 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 difficult to manage, man. It's hard because like you've got to somehow communicate to people who may not necessarily know what's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, they don't understand why what's happening is not the right way to go. And it's just, it's just long. It's yeah. just long. Who can unpack all of that? It's very difficult. It's very, 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 very difficult, man. You know? In fact, I was watching this film. Have you ever seen the film The Harder They Come? Ah, uh, shit. No, I should see that. Though. Yeah. That's I mean, I it's not amazing, see. right? It's one of those films where the soundtrack is brilliant but the film is just kind of regular. Yeah. But for those who don't know, it's like, I think it came out in the early 70s and it's got Jimmy Cliff in it and it's a film that is showcasing reggae and showcasing Jamaica reggae industry to the world. Um, It's a classic tale of a guy that's come down from the country, he goes to the town and he just becomes cold-blooded because he gets ripped off in town, he gets ripped off for his song, he's trying to get his song popping and then what happens is is that he ends up going into the drug trade. Um, He wants to get more money from the people he's working for. So they then tell the police on him. So he gets arrested and he ends up shooting a policeman. And then as his notoriety starts to go up, 
his record starts to go up in the charts. Nothing's changed. Exactly. That's what's interesting about it. Like, there's a bit where he goes to his girl just saying, you didn't believe me, did you? You didn't believe me. You didn't say I was going to be somebody, you know? And realistically, the only reason why he's somebody is because he's basically a bandit on the run and everybody wants to hear his record. That shit's on Amazon Prime. I'm not going to see that soon. <laughs> what is that? I don't understand why that triggers you so... It's just, look, it's it's on there. <sighs> All right, everyone, listeners everywhere, if you want to see the hard they come, the movie Just Describe a Mr. G, it is on Amazon Prime okay, for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, look, look I, won't say, I won't say it's an amazing movie. I would just say it's a culturally important movie. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that movie so many times that like, I know I need to see it, even if it's not good, because it's held so much importance. Like, I remember when I was young, must have been about 16, and like, I'd be on like, Brick Lane, and every single weekend they were selling the Young Gift and Black album, Cut, always. Yeah. And most of the tracks were from the movie The Hard They Come. I mean, look, the thing is, the tunes, the tunes are, the tunes are great. But as a movie, it's 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 a bit patchy. It's a bit patchy, man. Needy. Yeah, it's a bit. And we're back to Mr. G's <laughs> meaty <laughs> movie review. Oh man, I what's t- coming up next? Honey, Chuck the kids. Is it good or is it not? <laughs> we'll find out in the next episode. Oh, I tell you what got me was the death of that guy Debo from Friday, man. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, because I saw him at an airport in North Carolina in Charlotte. I was on a stopover from LA and I was in the waiting area and he was sitting there. I think maybe he was about to go to LA and um, the dude's scary, you know, man. It's one of the things where you don't want to judge someone by their cover but because he looks scary... But his cover is insane. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Because <laughs> the guy Nobody is, has ever fucked that. Even as a kid, nobody fucks with that the guy. The guy's huge, man. He was fucking huge. Mm. And his face, because he's slightly cross-eyed, you know what I mean? Mm. And his eyes are kind of light, and he's got a permanent grimace on his face. And I remember some dude asked him for an autograph, and the guy was literally shaking. You know, the guy goes... Yo, uh, Debo, uh, I, I like your films. Uh, can, can can you? Uh, 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 you want me to sign it? <laughs> yeah. <can> you, <laughs> <laughs> Who you want me to sign it to, right? And, and, cause he's barking because he he's aware of his personality and he's aware yeah. of his presence, but he made that guy sweat, right? <laughs> I mean, not not in a bad way. It's just that he was just barking at the guy because he knows the guy wants Debo. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy wants to see Debo from Friday. And so he is just being Debo for the guy, but the guy was proper nervous because I was thinking, should I go up and chat to him? But I saw the way he made that dude sweat and I thought... You're like, nah, it's long. Nah, man. I've I've just got the memory of you making a guy sweat in real life. That's my memory of you, man. Bruv. Imagine being at airport with your girl and then you walking up and speaking to him and then just being silent on the whole flight home. (laughs) You look like a dickhead. (laughs) It was like... (laughs) He's one of them dudes that like, 
he's one of them dudes that will, he's one of them dudes that will calm your anger. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> like, like let's say any smoke. <laughs> like if he cut you up on the road, right, Bro. and then you get out Bro. your car to start yelling at him, Bro. and he looks at I you. I love that. Bro. I love that. I love that. I remember one time it must have been. I think I was in an Uber in like Bethnal Green area, and um, I'm in the car, right, and this guy's just chatting shit from another car. And like, I'm with a friend of mine who's about 6'10". Yeah. He's 6'10 and wide as fuck. And I'm just like, big man, you don't know how this is going to go. You keep amping up. And the guy's amping, 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 amping. A boy walks out of the car. This other guy gets in the car. It's done. Because when you see that presence, when you see a guy who's that big, yeah. it's different. 6'10 is no joke. 6'10 ain't 6'2". Trust me. 6'10 is giant levels. Believe. So like... <laughs> you quickly correct any amp that you had. Oh, that shit was funny, man. Oh, man. I got a friend of mine. Like, he ain't big, but he's got that same kind of presence. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so, like, one time he was driving and the light had just turned red. And so he slammed on the brakes. And so the person behind him thought he was going to jump the light and they had to slam on their brakes and properly screech. And they got out of the car and they were just yelling at him, just going, why didn't you go through? Why didn't you go through? We could have both gone through. You could have both gone through. And they're yelling, 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 right? And my man just wound down the window. And he just looked at him and he just went, you know, it's good that you've stepped out to get some fresh air, man. But um, if I get out of my car, it's going to get serious. <laughs> And the way he said it so coldly, even I got scared. I'm in the car next to him, you know what I'm saying? I got scared, right? And the dude just looked at him and just went, yeah, okay, um, yeah, fine. Uh, um, okay. Exactly, I can't stay. Because some people can just make you unpack your anger. You, you go in there with one set of proposals oh, and it's a different boy. negotiation when you see them, man. 100%, 100%. Those moments are funny. And like, if it happens to you, you feel stupid after. Oh, definitely. De you feel hella stupid. Oh, definitely, definitely. I remember there's one time I was in Carnival, right? One time I was in Carnival. And like, uh, I think that like, um, I think they were having this sort of like booty shaking competition. Yeah. And so, and me and my- Oh, the classic. Yeah, me and my friends had got like a good place to stand and watch. And so you're standing there and you're watching and it's like the girls are shaking their ass and you're just enjoying yourself and it's sunny day and it's carnival and you're feeling the spirit and everything's good. Mm. This huge motherfucker stood right in front of me. You know what I'm saying, right? He just came and stood in front of me. And then I was, I was still a bit hyped. I was still a bit hyped, and I was just like, hey, hey, hey. And he just turned around and he just went, what? And I was like... You know, it's cool, you know. Oh, it's okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. And then, you know, you say to your friend, man, I'm thirsty, man. Let's just go somewhere and get... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> go hey, the music's dead here, man. Exactly. Fucking hate soaker. Exactly. Fuck, like, Fuck them girls, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn out anyway. East. Yeah. Exactly. Let's just let's just let's just get as far away. I wanted to get as far away from the echo of that guy's what Bro. as possible, man. Oh, I think I'm out of them. You know, I'm out of thirty sevens, man. Let me see. Let me see. I think yeah. I got a couple, but they might be dead. So let's see. Nah, let's just keep going with them, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thirty-seven years ago. Moving on to the year 1983 yeah. and people who were born in that year of interest. Now, actually, I'm sorry for people born in that year. It's a bit of a dead year. <laughs> Most <laughs> celebrities 
<laughs> Everyone born that year, man. Yeah. Fix your game up. Fix your exactly. game up, man. You know what I mean? Hey, fuck you, man, innit? No, 82 was much better, man. <laughs> but no, because we did like 89. There were some hella wavy people. Yeah. But there weren't that many this year, but there are a few. So I'm just going to reel out some of the most interesting names from that year and we can just deepen and discuss yeah. it. So the first one is Adam Deacon. Adam Deacon. Oh. Adam Deacon, actor from... Another, another hood. Yes. Oh, another hood. Man. Kid out hood. But yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. Adam Deacon. Oh, man. No, I liked him, you know. I liked yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I did he like him. He's from the Rhodes Roads, but he didn't play. Oh, man. That film, Another Hood. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bruv. Bruv. And that movie made money, you know. Yeah, it did. Box off, it made money. It did. I mean, oh, God. Oh, man, seriously. There are certain films where you just think to yourself, wow, I can't believe this film got made. <laughs> and that's, that's the whole... Look, I'm not going to lie to you. That's the whole series. Like, and that's that, that... coming from me. You know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> exactly. But that that had um, that had that tune, um, Donnell, Donnell. That, was, that was on the soundtrack, yeah. yeah. It had a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah. Good I mean, actually, they all generally do. Like, Kid Outhood had a good soundtrack as well. And so did Adulthood as well, to be fair. Mm. But yeah, wasn't a great movie. We also have the birth of Macklemore. Macklemore? Yeah. yeah. My first awareness, is it Thrift Shop? Yeah. You got the Velcro. I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting, looking for a come up. This is fucking awesome. Ow. Yeah, that's my first awareness. And then also... Um, Fame Love. If I was gay, I would think hip-hop hates me. Have you read the YouTube comments lately? Man, that's gay. Gets dropped on the daily. We become so numb to what we're saying. Yeah, also, there's one time, didn't they win an award? We're talking about award They won shows. a Grammy. They, they won, won a Grammy, Grammy yeah. and someone else should have won it or something like that. Well, Macklemore on stage says, man, thank you for the best rap, but this should have gone to Kendrick. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, should have gone to Kendrick. And everyone still gunned him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is he meant to say? Also, he did, a, um, he did a tune which had early MCs like Melly Mel and Cool Mo D yeah. on, their, on the video. And um, I remember seeing an interview with Big Daddy Kane, who's one of my favourite MCs. Mm. And um, he was saying about like how Macklemore reached back and gave props to MCs that paved the way for him. Yeah. And he goes, when I was in my prime, I never reached back to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that don't matter to this generation, does it? Of course not, <laughs> man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, like, but it shouldn't, though. I don't think it should, though. Like, I'm wondering they'll be like, who the fuck is Sugar Cube? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know? Which is a shame, but it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, but it's only, it's only worth deeping if you can find value in the deeping. Yeah. You understand? And also, I think we spoke about this last episode where sometimes you're just not in the frame of mind to be able to take on board some of the sentiments from the past and incorporate them within your story. 100%. Sometimes you're not in that frame of mind. Like, I expect, if I'm talking to someone that's like, say, way, way younger than me, I expect them to have the, man, fuck you, old man attitude. I expect them to have that attitude, right? Yeah. Because... It's up to me to find a way to connect with them. It ain't up to them to find a way to connect with me. It's up to me to find a way to connect with them mm. and figure out, okay, then, you know what? On this area here, we have common ground. And in a way, I mean, I have to be honest, I think that's what was interesting about this year 
in terms of like the Black Lives Matter movement and the George Floyd incident is that it did kind of allow a little bit of dialogue between generations. I know me and you, we have this dialogue all the time, yeah. right? But it did allow a dialogue between different generations where you started to get young crew saying, rah, this is some long time shit, man. Let me hear how the elders dealt with it. And then you did have some elder crew saying, rah, this is some long time shit. I need to yeah, just... it's still happening. I need to impart certain stories to the young folks to just let them know that I understand what's going on here. You may not understand what's going on here right now, but I understand what's going on here, man. So, you know, it's that type of shit, man. We've got another one from the same year. Uh, Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. Wow. Big guy. Big super guy. duper talented, man. Too super, much. Super talented, too, man. He's too talented. He's genuinely too talented. Yeah, yeah, too, too much. much. What can't he do? I was having a conversation with someone else about him, and we were just saying, you know, he can act, he can MC, and his stand-up is pretty good as well. And he can sing. And he can sing, yeah. It's like And he can write. And he can direct. <sighs> Believe. <laughs> Believe. It's ridiculous. I think he blew me away with Atlanta. That's what blew me away. Atlanta was crazy. Man. Like, just absolutely blew me away. Just beautiful storytelling, beautiful acting. Yeah. Shot, amazing. Just yeah. where you just think, wow, I'm a fan. And did you see me? He Great started. Casting. He started in, um, what was it? That Star Wars thing. Uh, you know what? As it's Christmas, I got a story about that. Because that shit triggered me, innit? Why is that? <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> at the release of that movie, um, I was dating a girlfriend at the time. His best friend, partner, was an assistant to one of the actors from that movie, right? Okay. So my girl at the time, <laughs> yeah, you see where this is going. My girl at the time ends up going to the party with all of them stars and Childish Gambino being there. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so, so, so that was the end of it, was it? Uh, eventually, that was a big trigger. I was, I was, like literally, I'm just, I'm just there. It's like I can't compete with this guy. Oh man, fucking Donald. Okay, fucking right, Donald Glover. This is just to make you feel better, right? And this is, this is not, this is a funny story that ain't funny. But there was a guy that I knew. And he had a cousin and his cousin was very loud and brash. And you know, one of them guys that like, they're all showing off all the time and they're showing off, yeah, the, yeah. you know, they got a bit of money okay. and they're, they're alpha mailing you all the time. So you know, you find the person quite obnoxious mm. and um, his, his girl cheated on him with Shabba Ranks. <laughs> Shabba. Exactly. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I mean, and, and he was proper cut up about it. I can't lie, but it's just one of, of course things, he was. It's one of those things where it's so funny that even <laughs> even if I saw him burst out crying, I would probably still burst out laughing. You know, because when I heard <laughs> what it, what are you gonna do about it? Exactly. Yeah. And um and and obviously this is around a time with ting a ling a ling school bell ring right? <laughs> like, ring a ling a ling school bell a ring. <laughs> bro, bro, you, you know he still thinks about that to this day. Exactly. Anytime someone rank comes on, he's triggered. Exactly. He just leaves the room. Cha 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 champion lover. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, at least you lost out. You lost out to a don. You know, you can just say, all right, then I get it. Boy. You know what I mean? It makes you reassess because I was younger then, isn't it? And like, yeah. you still got like 
early 20s hubris. Like, I don't give a fuck about anything. I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, early 20s hubris. Yeah. You don't know nothing. So you get, and at that point, I had to deep it like, Nah, sure. you ain't got the sauce like that. Her you loss. You ain't got the sauce like that. Fuck it, it's her loss, right? You know what I'm saying? And also, it could have been Shabba. <laughs> that would be a lot worse. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Jesus. bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. Jump your lover. No, he's up tonight. Jump your lover. Gonna make you feel alright. They call me Miss Lover, man. They call me Miss Lover. And that ends the 1983 people, effectively. Cool. That wraps up, wraps up, wraps up, man. I think I'm going to have to end uh, the year and the podcast with a bit of hardness, right? A bit of hardness. Now, it's Christmas, right? Yeah. So it's all about being with the people that you love and people you care about. And that's why I'm going to start with My Family by Pass Salu. Pussy, what you want from me? Pussy, I don't owe nobody. Front lines, all you see is cats calling, calling. Do you only want it up from me? Hey, see me right there, I'm with my family. In the middle of the streets with my family. Ah, big hunting death for my family. Ah, brick to brick to my family. Ah, bossa, bossa, right from a killy killy, no cap. Bossa bell, make it ring like that. Have you ever seen a madman giggle laughter? You don't roll up a brother like that. You are small like that. Hey, hey, who want what? Big fat cool, get caught in your melon. How the gun sound there chatting was they ain't took them round Chitty cheek bang bang photo tingo Tingo clap tryna hit them figures Ghetto baby grow up round them killers See you full of spinners never touch a civilian 97 baby king born a winner No one villain they ain't really diligent Ah I love that shit Tell me to my wolf let me hit that prick What the fuck did do don't call me again You wasn't banged up with me in the cell Tell my babes off her wig when going to war Load out the bills in the magazine Make sure the fruit's good, dirty, not clean We go clean out the streets Pussy, what you want from me? Pussy, I don't owe nobody Front lines, all you see is cats calling, calling They only wanted up from me Hey, see me right there, I'm with my family In the middle of the streets with my family Ah, big hand to death for my family Ah, brick to brick to my family Ah, like it you know big right wow that's got so much flavor man and yeah, the dances yeah, yeah, yeah. man the dances it's cold it's cold here's a question for you right here's a question for you Dude. now that we have been having months and months of say folks wearing masks covering up their faces mm. all that type of stuff when you see these videos and them dudes have got the balaclavas on and they've got the different type of masks covering their faces up does it now take on a different tone oh for sure 
Before, it was like to be menacing. Yeah, don't watch me, bruv. Don't watch me. Don't watch me. Don't watch me. Don't watch me. But now, because I've seen so many folks with their faces covered to the point where you get on the train, everybody's got their mask on, right? Mm. And so it's a weird one in the way in which I perceive that video now. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like less menacing and threatening, more just people just <laughs> following regulations. The fact <laughs> exactly, you know what I'm saying? Oh, these are very young, upstanding men that are making sure that they've got their face masks on and they're not spreading and keeping the hand sanitizer. Yes, very, very good. You know, <laughs> like I, you know what? I actually like the swag of it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I think it looks quite cool when pulled off right. It can be quite a cold look. So I'm here for it, man. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. A friend of mine's mum, shout out John Malibra and his madre. She makes like these little African masks, like, you know, with the like traditional Kente style cloth. Yeah. And it's cool, man. It's a vibe. So like, I like that expression through the face mask. I think it looks cold. Have you got your own personalised one then? Of course, man. Diamante, innit? Like, shit. <laughs> they got a glisten out here on these streets. You got a shine for those who can't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> My postcode is on it in Diamante. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I gen- <laughs> I genuinely wish you do. You know, I genuinely <laughs> wish that you're there with a Diamante face mask, just saying, yeah, and what you know what I mean, my <laughs> family. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> Billy Bang is how they gun sounding. Trust oh, me, trust me, trust me, trust me, man. Oh man, damn, damn, damn. Oh, I think that's about it. You know. I think that's it. I think that's I think it's it. about it. I think. I think. What's your plan for tonight? Anyway, what's happening? Um, tonight. No. Where are you gonna go? Yeah. Did somebody say <laughs> just eat? <laughs> Is that a positive note you're ending on? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna we're, we're going to positive. Positive, 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 positive. Yeah, exactly. Positive, 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 man. Um, yeah. Let's do the the positive advice, man. I mean, look. The way I see it is that, quite simply, if you have made it through this year, you're a fucking champ, man. Yeah. Like, it's been trying for all of us. There's been nothing easy in any of it. And even just to be here listening to us, carry on with your day, it's fucking big. So, this is a little scenario that I usually speak about, especially when I'm doing mentoring or if I'm talking to, like, folks that are younger than me, just in terms of trying to frame a positive outlook in life. And so... I mean, one time I was doing this workshop and there were these two kids that were just like yelling and screaming and arguing with each other, wanting to fight. And one person had said something about another person's mom and it was about to kick off and it was going to go crazy. Always the way. And I remember saying to one guy, I said, look, I said, imagine that you've won the lottery. Just imagine, imagine you've won the lottery. You've won the lottery, man. How would you feel? And he goes, oh man, I feel amazing. I feel amazing, right? And I just said, but imagine that you haven't got the money yet. You've just got the winning ticket. Like you've looked at the ticket and all your numbers have come up, but you don't have the money. You've just got the winning ticket. And then he just goes, yeah, man, I'd be feeling amazed. I said, if you had the winning ticket, would this guy's comments about your mum bother you? And he goes, no, nah, man, I wouldn't give a shit. You know what I'm saying, right? I've got the winning ticket. I said, but, but you don't have the money though. And you don't have the ability to go and spend or do any of the things you want to do. All you've got is just that winning ticket. And he goes, yeah, but I know the good things are coming. And I was just saying to him, well, if you can maintain the idea that good things are coming, then the bad things in life won't bother you so much. You won't give them the power that they don't deserve because you have to have the belief that good things are coming. And so just having the belief is the same as having the lottery ticket because you can't go with that lottery ticket and buy anything with just the ticket. You've got to wait for the process for it to be cashed in. But sometimes just believing that you've got that ticket in your pocket can allow you to overcome 
the bad things in life. And that's a mentality that I'm trying to take forward into 2021. Love that, yeah. love that. Now, guys, 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 we are on all platforms. Remember, we are on um, Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are on Deezer. We're on TuneIn. If you speak to your Amazon Alexa or your Google smart speaker, just say, play the Magic Number podcast and we will appear. So we're all we're everywhere. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a five-star write review. We really do appreciate it. But it's been amazing for me, myself. I just want to say, guys, have an amazing and blessed 2021. Yeah. Till then, deuces. We out. That's Peace. That's magic number. Yeah, man. Cool. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, that's the vibe. It's the vibe. Yeah. It's the magic number. It is the magic number. It's the magic number. It's the magic number. It is the magic number. It is the magic number.